Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be. Welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today is June the 6th, and or not June, July the 6th. I'm wanting to redo this year, uh, an extra month in this crazy year of 2020. I am really excited to have a guest today, Brian Piergrossi, who is a teacher of spirituality, a teacher of truth, but he's also somebody who lives that. You know, I've been following him for a little while now and have had the pleasure of meeting him before and be in his presence. And I love to bring, bring people who walk their talk because this is about aligning with the truth of who you are, whatever you want to call it. So I like to bring people who actually do that so that you have examples because if Brian can do it, if I can do it, you can do it too. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to be aligning with Lina. Yes, right well, you no, know, it matches. <laughs> it, it, it rings. So I had to do that. Um, yeah, great. Yes. Yeah, so we, we align here together so we mm -hmm. can talk about the most, you know, incredible thing that, that we do, which is align with our higher self. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking with aligning with your higher self, when did you begin to realize that maybe there was more to life in what you had been taught was actual reality? Yeah, I love that question. Um, and I love it because um, my sense from, from your journey and from my journey and from most people's journeys is the way it happens is something that feels initially painful or something that is a cause of suffering, something that creates this dissonance between the way you thought your life was going to go or was going to be and, and what's happening, you know, so it becomes this way for the ego. If you, if you say yes to it, if you, if you um, allow it, it comes, it becomes this way for the ego to sort of loosen and, and, and for something more deep and um, true to emerge through kind of the illusion of control, right? The illusion, <laughs> the illusion of control. So, um, for me, I got uh, very sick um, when I was 20 years old, and we labeled it. It was labeled chronic fatigue syndrome, um, but really wasn't really clear. Interestingly enough, it was a virus that was uh, the cause of my, my illness initially. Okay. and went into a chronic situation, and um, I had just health problems for years. Um, just, and, and that was really kind of just opened me up to the spiritual path really kind of, cause at first I was just really disoriented. Like I didn't, what's going on, what's happening. I don't understand the doctors weren't giving me answers. You know, I wasn't getting clarity about what was happening for me. Yeah. And it made me realize I had to go within myself. Like I wasn't getting anything externally, mm -hmm. you know? So I had to look inside myself for answers. And that's when I first started. That's when I first discovered the mind body connection. I didn't know that before that, I didn't know that your way you thought or looked at things affected your body and, and vice versa. So, I, so that connection really kind of opened me up to the level of consciousness and then just really devoting myself to the level of consciousness and exploring consciousness. And that led me to a lot of stuff of Eastern teachings and teachings out of India and yoga and you know, meditation and all these sorts of things, holistic um, understandings of how to see the world. Um, so that time frame, which started out as something that was this, you know, this terrible thing of you know, <laughs> this poor, poor guy that this thing happened to him, um, uh, became the, the opening for me, became mm -hmm. the opening for me to, to recognize and realize who we really are and why we're really here. And, and I have great gratitude because if that didn't happen, then maybe I wouldn't have, you know, 
started that journey. Yeah. And how old were you when that? 20 years old. Oh, wow. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. You were saying typically it requires some kind of a yeah. big deal to have for me. It was yeah. when my mom passed away and I was 41. Yeah. So I am always so excited that people can enter this, this journey when they're in their 20s. So that's yeah. so exciting. So yeah. let's paint a picture. What was life like for you before in terms of, of your mind-body connection? And then when you began to recognize that there was actually was a mind-body connection. Yeah, I feel like I was pretty normal, you know, pretty normal dude at that time. Um, uh, kind of ate the standard American diet, a lot of McDonald's and so forth, and just kind of, um, yeah, I, was, I, I would say I was pretty, pretty, pretty average person, you know, liked, liked to watch sports and... Um, uh, and then, so it, so there was a sense of like, you know, my life is going to follow this path and, um, kind of had a sense of how it's going to go. And, and that just kind of crashed, you know, I think that was the big thing of this, this sense of like, you know, everything's under my control. Everything happens the way, um, and there is a, there is, it doesn't mean this is something we should probably go into because it doesn't mean that you don't have you don't tap into a level of empowerment. It's just different. It's a different thing than what you thought it was. You know? Yes, yes. It's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's definitely talk about that because yeah. for me, the the empowerment that I experienced before I, I started to realize that mind, body, spirit connection, God connection, um, the level of control that I had was exerting control over things. Yes. Over my children, over my yep. husband, over my money, over my job, yep. over my car, over my, you know, whatever I was in charge of. And so it was a very exhaustive level of empowerment. And frankly, it, it for me, it came out of, um, I had no idea that I could trust life to be benevolent and for things to unfold. I thought I had to make it all happen. So I was attempting to control to get a specific outcome that I thought was the right outcome for me. And boy, my children will tell you that they are really glad mom <laughs> gave up those old ways because they didn't like to be so controlled. You know, this is what you're going to wear. This is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> what was that like for you? The, yeah, the totally, you totally relate to that. I mean, it, and the way I see it now is that, you know, and you can see these people, whether they're, um, you know, people that you know in your personal life or they're the dictator, you know, or whatever. They, they, they wanted to control everyone, control everything. And it's actually the way you know, it's a lack of power. You know, they don't feel empowered in themselves. And so then you have to try to control because you don't feel empowered. But if you feel empowered in yourself, you don't need to try to control anybody yeah. anymore. You know, so it's like you're coming from this deeper place of empowerment, which is actually a deeper place of love. You know, yeah. that we don't, we don't even understand like the way I think, you know, maybe the majority of the world still thinks of love is trying to control somebody, trying to, you know, I love this person. I, you know, I'm yeah. trying to possess them, control them. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a different thing that you can, you can open up to um, as you open up into who, who we really are. Yeah, that that's, uh, I definitely want to share a little something on that. So we've got Juliana joining us. And she wants to know what's the most important thing to know as we awaken Juliana, thanks for that question. Let us get back to you in one quick second. Um, because I want to follow up with what you were just saying, Brian, that 
level of control that I feel now is, is so different because I do not attempt to control anything outside of me. Now I trust that everything outside of me is as it should be. And the only control that I practice is, is internally management of my energies, my thoughts, what's going on inside of Lina, which is so different than needing to control the outside. Now it's an internal um, focus that a lot, but it, it's from, like you were saying, it's love. I've learned to love myself enough to not have random energy shifting about me and, and moving me, pushing me into reactive experiences. So that, that control really is, I, I like to stay inside. I stay in my lane, in line now, <laughs> not out there. <laughs> yeah. E Eckhart totally uses that phrase, the power of now. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that there's this there's I there's this thing that like, well, if I just accept what is, which you know, it's understandable in the circle. You think if I just accept what is, I'm just going to be like a doormat, and people can just do what they want to me. And but it doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's like if you if you can really fully accept because it doesn't make any sense to not accept the moment as it is because this is the moment. You know, yeah. so it's like if you can really just I call it sometimes like an unconditional relationship with the moment. Yeah, you know, just that. really fully, wholly being with what is. And really, that's the only practice. You know, we can we can talk about all kinds of like fancy words and ideas. That's really the whole thing. You know, <laughs> like when Eckhart told me, I, I listened to him talk, you know, sometimes I listen to him talk for an hour and be like, he didn't say anything. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but there's really nothing to say except that. Yeah. It's like just just this unconscious relationship with the moment. And then when you're unconscious relationship in the moment, then you're conscious, you're present, there's a, there's a deeper intelligence and a deeper um, creativity that can move through you in the moment. So it's like now you're a, you're a channel for source, for God, for spirit to move through you. And that's, that's what it's all about. That's the, you know, and that ties into the question. What's the most yes, important exactly. thing you know as we awaken? I was going to say, <laughs> Juliana, he just answered. But, <laughs> but go ahead and let's say Juliana happened to be, you know, one of your clients, uh -huh. a student, and she was asking you that question. What, what else would you share with her um, or somebody that doesn't know you at all? And mm -hmm. because if we tell them that, we've given them the full answer, but yep. that's not sufficient to a mind that is, that is uh, in curiosity right. about right. What awakening, what's the right. most important thing. Well, she might, right. she, she might, they may dislike this answer even more, but it's, it's, it's the true, it's the true answer, which is that I find that it's more about unknowing than knowing, Yeah. you know? So, and, and, mm -hmm. and it's, if you can kind of embrace this, it becomes really fun. You know, if mm -hmm. I, if I discover like I had a limiting belief, I become aware of it, that's exciting, you know, and that's kind of what our relationships become based on, you know? So it's like, you know, all these uh, beliefs that we have, these assumptions, these theories, these, you just have to, um, not that there's anything wrong with any of that. All of that mm -hmm. has, its, has its place, but a story is a story. A belief is a belief. An idea is an idea, you know? So you, I don't feel it comes from gaining more knowledge. It comes from an unknowing, yeah. an unknowing and mm -hmm. letting go and opening to, um, when you when you come into this deeper place of unknowing, it's the the mind quiets, right? And then you're just then you go in more of that place we were just talking about, where you're just available to be fully present in the moment, and you're allowing this deeper intelligence, God, Source, Spirit, to to move through you. 
Yeah, no, that that's absolutely beautiful, and and those are challenging answers for a mind that that mm -hmm. is looking for how to and how does that happen, yeah. and and great, Juliana likes that. Oh, good. Um, so so glad that that worked out. But so what you're saying is is one of the most imp I think one of the most important things to understand about this journey because, especially right now, people are hearing. You're welcome, Juliana. People are hearing these comments about, you know, when people wake up, they're going to get what's going on. You know, why, why are you not woke? Why are you not this, that, or the other? And banting around these statements, these comments that have to do with awakening without a, without a real understanding of what to be awake is all about. And I know because mm -hmm. I've been on that camp when I had an idea of, of awakening was I was going to connect with God, I was going to get my wings, my halo, and then I was going to attract a bunch of money and New York Times bestseller. So to mm -hmm. me, to be awake, to be enlightened used to be about how much I was going to get. But this journey has been the absolute opposite of that is about how much I'm going to give up. And, mm -hmm. and in that, like you were saying, you no, know, it's an emptying and it's a letting go. It has been giving up my personal opinions and get to know the the knowingness the opinions of my higher self but god whatever you want to call it and so it's been a total complete shift because i'd spent the first 41 years of my life becoming identified with who i was and what i needed to become and what i needed to do to acquire that this journey of undoing was has been almost two decades of um, letting go of what that personality wanted to get so that I can be available. Like you were saying, what is, what is this higher self that wants to bring something in that, that, Hey, Maria Castro. Thank you. Hello from Costa Rica. Love seeing you there. Um, Hi, Maria. Yeah. So fun. So it, it is, it is a, a process that, is very disappointing um, to me when you start moving into the deeper part of the journey. It became very disappointing because every day I had to give something up. I had to give up yeah. an opinion. I had to give up a yeah. righteousness. Yeah. What were some of the things that you had to give up? Well, I, I love that. I mean, it's, I, and that's why I was saying, like, you know, if you, there's a certain place where you're not going to like the answer, you know, but yeah. it is the true answer. It's like you think you're going to gain something, but you're going to lose everything. Every, <laughs> even what you think you already have, you're going to lose. And it's like, there's, you know, that's the freedom though, yeah. you know, but the ego doesn't like that. The ego wants to acquire, acquire. So it's like, I find that the ego will, you know, you'll be someone who's materialistic. I want more cars. I want more, um, you know, houses. I want more, whatever, you know, these kind of things. I want yeah. more money. And then that person becomes a spiritual person, but the ego can still operate in that realm. Oh yeah. You know, I want to become more spiritual. Ego. I want Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to wear more yoga outfits or whatever, you know, yeah. it's like there's this the same stuff can, can operate. And it's like, it's, it's letting go of this um, illusion of acquiring, yeah. you know, now that doesn't mean you, again, it's, it's, it seems like it's like a lack, but it's actually how to enter abundance consciousness. Exactly. Everything's, everything's kind of the backwards of how it looks. Yeah. That's what you find is you go into this, you go into this, you know, it's like, so it's like there, there's an abundance, which is like, Abundance consciousness really is means like I have no limits, you know, anything's possible for me, anything's possible for you, you know, 
And when I see you or whoever I see, I see someone that has infinite possibility. Anything is possible for that person. Even if they think inside themselves it's not possible for them, I, I see that it is possible. Yeah. Them. And it is possible for me. Yeah. Let, let's mm -hmm. definitely talk a little bit more about this abundance consciousness because mm -hmm. for me, this is directly tied to the, the chaos that we're experiencing around mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. because this, this, what I did not understand about the reality with a capital R of who I am, who you are, what everything is, what I did not understand. Hello, Miss Lisa, less judgment of others. Yes. Limitless. Amen. That's an important one right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that I did not understand was the notion of abundance. I thought abundance was a set limit of what was out there like a like a pie. And everybody was getting a slice of that pie. And if I if my slice was so big, that only left so much pie for everybody else. And if you took more, you know, if, if you're the 1%, I am stuck with having to share the other 99% with the other 99% of mm -hmm. the people, I better grab more. Mm -hmm. So abundance was a set limit. And through this journey, I began to realize, well, not only is it not a set limit, not only because it, it really isn't, there, there's no set limit out there, especially because we print money and th there's no set limit to how much you can print, but there is no set limit because everything is, is mind, everything is consciousness, everything is imagination expressing itself, which is totally, completely unlimited. Mm -hmm. So say, share what to you that abundance consciousness is all about, because if we can tap into that aspect of ourselves, to me, that's where we're going to find not only our resources, but we're going to find our joy and abundance of well-being today. What do we need more than anything? Uh, an abundance of patience and abundance, like she, like Lisa was saying, acceptance and compassion. But there is an abundance of the things that really matters in that abundance consciousness. So say more about what that is for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I so I said before, I think it's, it's, for me, it's a place of coming from a place of no limitation. So that's all seeing any, any unconscious limiting belief, bringing it from the unconscious to the conscious. And that's, to me, I think that's the core. That's one of the big points of what my work is, is bringing, especially in working with someone personally on a deeper level is bringing those unconscious limiting belief systems from the unconscious to the conscious. And if they're conscious, they can be um, released, let go, transcended, seen for, for what they are. So then if you look at things like take love, for example, um, love is not a limited resource, you know? So there, there's this thing of like, well, if, if, if there's, you know, like someone else is, is getting, is receiving love that I'm not getting it. Or if you're getting more of it, I'm not, you know, it's like this thing of like, we have to fight for, but there's abundance of love for, you know, there's no limit to love for everybody in the whole universe. There's even more that we could possibly probably bear with our nervous system, you know? So just like realizing that there's just, you know, love, freedom, creativity, these things are just, they're just abundant. Um, you know, imagination, like you said. So you're just, you're coming from a field of infinite possibility. And um, that comes from uh, quieting the mind and being open to, I sometimes call it infinite awareness. You know, the space of just, just, there's no, they can't even describe it. There's no limit. There's no boundary. There's no border. And it's who we really are. You know, it's, it's, we are infinite awareness. 
And so we operate from this place and then we're just, we're seeing the world that way and we're coming into the world that way. And it actually can allow us to be um, more compassionate, more um, uh, supportive and, and, and yeah, caring with others. Absolutely. Like I said, my journey began when I was in my early 40s. And by then I had children who were grown. I had a, a, you know, a daughter who was already a teenager. And one of the things that became so clear to me that as I was as I was questioning my subconscious beliefs, bringing those limitations to my my awareness, so that I could see what had created, hello there, Miss Diane, what had created my limits, what was startling for me is that I had to face the fact that I had done the same thing to my children. I had trained them, I had indoctrinated them, programmed them, whatever word you want to say, I had taught them to create a goal to decide who they wanted to be to talk about what what they wanted to accomplish. And I didn't realize how actually I was helping them limit themselves. It's almost like that was what they were supposed to attain. And once they attained that, that, that was it. And I found that even though it's well-meaning, our system of goal setting is actually very, can be, can be very, very limiting when you're operating from an idea that says, this is what you should have, and then you get to be happy, or this is what you should have. You get that job, and then you're happy. You get this marriage, and then you're happy. Because I began to realize that I had I had checked so many goals off my list by the time I was in my in my early 40s. But there was no abundance of happiness. There was no abundance of, of enjoyment. There was no abundance of peace. And that absolutely was was well, it shattered my perception of how I thought I had been doing my life right. And it it was one of those things that like, uh, who was it? Lisa said it's an awakening. Um, I had to begin to see what was it that I was valuing as abundance and, and how to get it and what that meant. Did you experience uh, basically a changing of what abundance you were uh, wanting to pursue? What abundance was it that was worth having for you? Yeah, well, I like what you're saying. I think it's an important point of like this idea that abundance is a thing, you know, and I'm going to set these goals and I'm going to get there at some point in the future. Um, but you never get there. It's you'll, you'll never get there because you're in the mind. You know, even if you have a hundred million dollars, you don't have a hundred and one million dollars. So there's literally people that have those, those kinds of sums of money and they're freaking out about like, what if this happens? What if that happens? I need more, you know? So it's just this, this hamster wheel that keeps going and going. And so I think what we're pointing at is like abundance consciousness is actually now. Mm-hmm. It will never be anywhere else. It will never be in the future. Even if you have you know, 10 cents or $10 million, you can still have abundance consciousness. And so you can have lots of money and don't, and not have abundance consciousness. You can have a little bit of money at this particular moment and have abundance consciousness. And it's, it's, it's the awakening of consciousness. Awakening of consciousness is the abundance consciousness and you can actually only ever have it now. So you're, it's something that you become aware of. And that goes into, you know, we're getting into some deeper things here, which I think is great. I'm all for it. Uh, But that goes into kind of the illusion of time, Right. That's a huge thing to recognize on this path is that time is an illusion. So this idea that you're going to be fulfilled in the future 
No, you won't. <laughs> I promise you, you will not be fulfilled in the future. It'll only happen in the present moment. You know, even if it, even if in, you know, 20 years from now, it's still from, from this consciousness is still right now. Right. So yeah. that, that's such a, that's such a major game changer to start to understand, you know, that, that it's a, that the ever present now. Yeah. And just as you were talking about uh, timing, Melissa, <laughs> you're so your, your divine timing was perfect. Um, she writes on their divine yeah. timing and you're talking about timing that that is such a a challenging concept to get that that's a very advanced concept on the spiritual mm -hmm. journey I mean there's several pretty advanced concepts that we're talking about but that concept of of timing the, the now the present moment that is something that if you don't understand if you don't come to the realization of the importance of the now um you can't be free. You, you cannot be free because it is the eternal. <laughs> Melissa, you know, there's no aging. Of course not. <laughs> You're eternally youthful forever. Um, but that, that living in that now moment is such an important, it's so liberating for me. What it has allowed me to do is to stop chasing. I, I don't chase for anything anymore. And, but again, that was something that I was able to cultivate through the, through increasing my trust in life. And it's not something that I came to one day. It's something that was cultivated. It has been a practice to come to the awareness of that only now happens. And how that made sense to me is one day I was thinking about something that happened in the past, it was I was going through a process and I was actually going through a healing process for something that happened when I was 10 years old. And as I had that memory be present in my my conscious awareness, I realized that I was having a conversation with my 10 year old. And we were we were re looking at the situation from a different perspective, not from an immature 10 year old, but from the conscious me I think at the time I might have been 44, 45. And that's when I realized that there's only ever now because I was able to, in that now moment, visit my 10-year-old self. And I realized, oh my gosh, all my memories all exist in my mind right now. And that's when I began to also realize that when I've had things that have happened that I had desired, they all happened in the now moment in consciousness. I would have that idea, whether it was uh, like getting a lake house one time or, or many. There's been so many things because when I think about them, they, they tend to happen. And it was so cool because those things in that now moment is where I realized all my power exists right here, right now. When did to realize that or how did you realize that and and i had said it was um melissa earlier talked about the eternal now but that was you diane and hello lisa <laughs> it, it is funny when when you're ready to hear this information yes yeah, so i guess you were ready so she's, we'll yeah, she's ready right now <laughs> yes so when when did you begin to realize uh, about the now well i i came to realize um like as i started this journey that i was telling you about uh, when I was 20 um, and just really want to discover the truth, you know, and that's still, that's still like what drives me, you know, is like just the truth. 
So, um, you know, like, who am I? Why am I here? What's going on? Why am I suffering? Is there, is there a way to, to transcend suffering? You know, these kind of questions. And as I went deeper into it, um, that's kind of, you know, you can, you can put it in a lot of different words. We, we can come from a lot of different angles, but the now is what, is what I came to. Like suffering, who am I? Why am I here? It all has to do with, if you understand time, you know, and that it's that this it, now is all there is. Um, I actually wrote a book called The Wow of the Now. Yeah. Um, and so we, it doesn't mean we don't think about the future. We don't think about the past, like you said, but you recognize that you're thinking about the future. You're imagining the future in the present moment always. And you're thinking about the past and you're imagining the past in the present moment always. Now, what's so cool, you alluded to it. Um, I think people understand that the future, well, most people have a sense of like the future hasn't happened. It's something that you're imagining about the future, but the past actually also from this deeper level is just like you're telling a story about the future. You're telling a story about the past. And so you have a story about when I was 10 years old, this happened, that happened. Like this is, this person's a jerk. This, you know, all these things. Right. And when you start to realize this, this deep level of consciousness, you actually can change the story of your past. And that's, that's super, speaking of empowering, you know, that's super empowering to recognize that that's, that's possible, that you're not just limited to what you, this is what happened, this is who I am, this will always be, but you actually have the potential to, to rewrite the story of your past and then rewrite the story of your, your future as well. All right, so now you're, you're getting way out there. We're going to do a little <laughs> here because when we begin to give ourselves permission to enter into that possibility, we're entering into the realms of multidimensionality and tapping into our, our eternalness. And I like to tie that to what's happening right now is people are so scared and so afraid of what, what they believe is happening to them because it goes back to, you know, we were all trained to control the externals. And right now, we, we, we can't really control much of that's going on outside of us. But if we tap into this power that is accessible to us in this now moment and get present into that infinite potential that we have to create, we really could shift what's happening in the world if we collectively made a decision to look at all of this from our from a place of infinite potential we we have all this power that we are not accessing because we're thinking that we're losing our power we're being controlled by the circumstances that are happening and it, it's a um it's a really fascinating thing that's happening Let, let's jump to what's happening now what are your perspectives on what's going well, on. What, what, what comes up for me is um, this deeper level of empowerment, right? And that from this deep level of empowerment, we have the potential to write our story about whatever we're experiencing, whatever's happening to us, you know? And no one else, it's like we're, we're kind of losing that, that realization. Or I wouldn't say we're losing it. I would say the contrast is making it more clear that that's important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a right? good, I like that. Yeah. Brief name. And, and I, and you see, I just did it right there. That was me mm -hmm. changing the story. Yeah. I could have said yeah. like, Oh, this is, this, this sucks and it's horrible. And like, 
no, this is happening for us to get more clear that we have the empowerment to write our story. Yeah. So we can do that with anything if we're present, you know? And so I was writing about, um, you know, the, the media last night and, you know, they create the narrative and that's the true narrative. Everyone has to agree, you know, this is how it is. But you Bow don't. down to the media. Yeah, it's like, that, that's, this is a story and you can, you can create a different story. So, not, so there's, let me point out, let me, kind of parse out two different things. There's something happens and then there's a story about what happens. Yeah. Right. So, um, or nothing happens or nothing happens, but just just to give an example, let's say something happens like, um, um, like, uh, okay, this is a good example. I was, um, I was on the side of the road. (laughs) Are we allowed to swear on here or is that? Absolutely. Okay. So I was on the side of the road. And somebody drives by the pickup truck and they say, fuck you. And they shout the window to me. So I'm like, why did he just do that? I was just standing here, you know? So now there's a moment, right? That mm-hmm. something happens. What's the story that I make about that? I can yeah. go in all kinds of different directions about the story of like why that happened, what he did, you know, I could, I could get into something where like, you know, um, maybe everyone that looks like that, I hate now and I want to get back at them and, you know, all these kinds of things, you know, that we get into and we have to recognize that I have the, I, I have the power to create whatever story that I want about that, you know? So, you know, what story I made about it that I don't know why he did that, <laughs> <laughs> but if anything, I can say like, this is obviously a person that's disturbed, you know, and, and, and is not doing well. And I can have compassion for them, right? Well, but I don't have to make it about me <laughs> or there's something wrong, you know, this is, I'm being attacked or, you know, it's just, so just to realize we have that power. And that's just, a, that's a simple example, but all kinds of ways where it's recognizing, okay, there's, there's, a stim, there's some kind of stimulus coming my way. What's the story that I am making about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And, you know, that's our point of power is, is of, in perception. And uh, I'm a student of The Course in Miracles, and I love teaching from that book. And, and The Course in Miracles is, is our power is in how we perceive things. Yes. And the miracle that we give ourselves is by shifting the perception from yeah. one that hurts to one that heals, yes. one that's fear-based to one that's love-based. Yeah. And, you know, somebody drive by me, if, if they ever said, fuck you to me, I'd say, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we turned it into a party. We they, a they came by too fast. They were gone too fast before I could <laughs> figure out what was even happening. But I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because um, I want to talk to you about this because um, I last few weeks and these are just kind of like downloads. Like I'm not trying to make anything happen. I'm just kind of in a, you know, just an empty space. And been feeling um, words of Jesus from the Bible and Christ consciousness, like really strongly coming through and these kind of deeper, deeper understandings than the religions have taught us or, you know, um, the, 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 the school, the, you know, in my case, I went to Catholic school, the Catholic schools have taught us. Um, and then also the course in miracles was coming to my consciousness too. And kind of mm-hmm. getting these kind of downloads about the stuff without trying to, or even like, you know, it just, it just comes yeah. And so there's something coming up strongly around, you know, the deeper understanding of Christ consciousness 
right well, now? It's, yeah, it's happening uh, the way that I understand it and, and how fun that we're having this conversation. And I want to acknowledge everybody who's made some comments. <laughs> Mr. Danny. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Hey, Danny, where's my cheese or not my cheesecake, my carrot cake. I'm still waiting for you to make that for me. Um, the, the, when I started my journey, I began to hear, uh, for me, it was Christ. I grew up Catholic. Also, I went to Catholic schools as well. And I was hearing what to me felt like Jesus speaking to me, which made sense because it was familiar to me. If Buddha started talking to me, I probably would have freaked out, but it was Jesus. So that felt comforting. And it began to let me know that it, that he was going to guide me. And he was talking to me like a, like a friend, like a, actually I felt like my brother and my entire journey, I have been guided by that consciousness that I, I know as Jesus and, you know, and he gave me a workshop to teach and blah, blah, blah. And, but the main thing that I was, I was taught is that he was the one being who achieved pure 100% alignment connection with God while in physical form in terms of being the embodiment of God here. And he came to teach us how all of us could do that. And then just 10 years ago, I began to, well, I was guided to study the Course in Miracles. And basically the Course in Miracles is channeled by Jesus. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but Jesus channeled this 50 some odd years ago to a woman um, who actually was Jewish and, and grew up going to ba Baptist uh, churches. So the language of it being Christian is specifically because what was being said through the Course in Miracles is that Jesus had a message 2,000 years ago, but we didn't heed the message. The message got convoluted. It got distorted. Very convoluted. And yeah. <laughs> now Jesus is bringing that, that message in its purest form, and that's what the Course in Miracles is about. But when I have my conversations with that consciousness, what it's saying is that those of us who are waking up now, we are the second coming of the Christ. We have to awaken the Christ consciousness that exists already inside of us. And it is that acceptance of that multidimensional self that that what we were talking about, that part of us that is totally completely recognizes that that we are we live in infinite abundance. Because what we are is not defined by anything except for our agreement to accept the definition. So like you were changing the definition of yeah. what you know somebody said yeah. to you or changing yeah. definition. Yeah. That is our point of power. And Jesus yeah. was saying back then, 2,000 years ago, you people live under too many laws. It was like, what, 600 some odd laws that the Jews had at the time? You don't need that many laws. You only need to love God. And then you'll love your neighbor as yourself. So it's very simple. There is a recognition of, of a love for the creative source and then a love for the created because it and you are that yeah. source expressed. And so how exciting that you're getting those messages. What are, what are some of the other things that you're hearing from that consciousness? Well, one thing I think that's really noteworthy is that the way I, the way I perceive it is Christ consciousness predated Jesus. Right? Oh, yeah. So Christ consciousness is something that's, yeah. it, it can't not exist. It's all, it's mm -hmm. other actually is. 
So it's like the, the person we think of as Jesus is someone just open to that consciousness and, and realized it, realized yeah. it while, while informed. And as you alluded to, we all have the potential to do that. In fact, that's yeah. what we're all here to do. Um, so yeah, just, just, you know, things been coming through a lot, just different words of his different, different little phrases, um, just feel really valuable right now and different, you know, one that comes up, um, somebody mentioned about judgment earlier. Um, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just a lot of judgments, a lot of projections happening right now. And just really being mindful of like, you know, just more humility, you know, mm-hmm. and, and kind of just all these judgments about other people and what they're doing. And, you know, everything that we see in someone else is inside us. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. so recognizing that. And it's not about, for me, it's not about trying to push away the evil or get rid of it it's more it's always about integration like Mm -hmm. everything that i'm experiencing is a part of me Mm -hmm. you know and becoming whole is like recognizing the divinity in everything you know all the parts of all the parts of myself and all the parts of yourself are parts of myself well yeah and that's that's the whole thing about the the christ consciousness as i've come to understand it is it Consciousness is is energy. It's just it's a substance that everything is made of. Mm-hmm. So all of that substance being God, if we just give it give it that title to all of it, what the Christ consciousness is is the acknowledgement of I am that I am yep. that that essence. I am that substance. Mm-hmm. Well, when you acknowledge that you are that substance, you cannot help. But, but really, truly fall in love with what you are, because you recognize that that substance is what all is. So there couldn't be anything that is not you expressed as, as you. So Lina gets to experience what Lina would be like, or not even Lina, what consciousness, my, myself would be as Brian. So then I, there would be this acceptance of you, right? As, as the potential expression of what I can't be now because I'm being this now, now. But in, in another uh, dimension, it, it could be the opposite. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, you would be lying and I would be Brian. So that's why he who is, you know, without sin cast the first stone. How can I judge you because I'm you? Mm-hmm. And whatever you are doing or are capable of or have done, I also have the same capacity because consciousness is consciousness is consciousness. Every one of us can be anything and nothing at the same time. So there, there is the, the potential. We all have the exact same potential. And to me, that was so absolute. What? I've got the same potential as that jerk over there, <laughs> the potential as that you know, amazing person. Yeah, all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And from that place comes, you know, the kind of acceptance that that allows, you know, he who, who is without sin, because not one of us is without the potential for sin, because not one of us is without the ability to dim down our light. Every single one of us can dim it, dim it down, dim it up. I mean, we, we've got our, our power is that we are the ones with the dimmer. We can turn it up, we can turn it down. And that's that we do that with our thinking. We do that with our thoughts. Um, 
that's how I understand it. Yeah. And it's like the reason Jesus said, do unto others as you had them doing to you is because the other is you, right? (laughs) That's, that's, that's the deeper, that's the deeper truth there. It's not just some like, Oh, let me try to follow this commandment. So I go to heaven. No, that's, it's, it's this deeper thing of like, you are seeing yourself, you know? So that's why you treat someone else as you treat yourself because it is yourself. And it's, um, I call it um, non-dual consciousness. You know, this consciousness of there's not actually two. Everything is what you said too. I am that, you know, everything is of the same essence. And so, um, you know, Jesus awoke into this consciousness. A lot of other people, other cultures, other places did as well, you know, Mm -hmm. and and we all have that potential inside us. And it really is the essence of what everything we're seeing and experiencing, we just it's just bringing our awareness to it and realizing yeah. it. But you know, the, the thing, why it's so important that we have these realizations now, why we're, we are moving in the direction of being pushed into having this realization is because as a humanity, we have denied that potentiality for, for far too long. Mm-hmm. And in, in the hands of those who have used it, for uh, so let me say it this way when when you know that you're one with everything you you cannot help but love everything there's just no nothing else that would come out of you but to love and recognize the infinite abundance the infinite potential to play to to expand i mean it's like it's total freedom for expansion So anybody who operates from a consciousness of separation that really, uh, I would say, operates in the realm of of get, 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 are really the the most scared beings on the planet because they really have such lack mentality that even if you have a billion, it's not enough, two billion is not enough, a trillion is not enough. To me, those are the most scared people on the planet are actually the ones who are in, in the, that 1% of the 1% ruling because in the need to acquire and control and, and basically take over, they don't realize how infinite they are and how much more fun they would be having if they actually let humanity be free you know, acknowledge the freedom that everybody has to to be and to contribute and to do whatever it is that they want to do because they operate with such little understanding of how powerful we all are and how much real abundance there is here because that consciousness has collapsed into total and complete terror and absolutely um, lack mentality. Because if you need more, you don't understand true abundance it's just impossible to understand abundance um no toys will fill the heart chest exactly um that that's i like that so brian with with your understanding what do you think is going on in the world that we could in the next 20 minutes here address (laughs) minutes address that would give people some hope some, you know, maybe some ideas of how to, how to deal with what is because it feels really scary here, you and I are talking about changing our reality, you know, uh, infinite abundance and unlimitedness. But yet people who may be watching this are, are scared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's see, there's a few different ways to approach that. 
I think that one of the things I want to talk about is uh, being scared, actually. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of compassion for if you're feeling afraid. I mean, I'm actually doing a course right now on moving from anxiety to freedom. So I kind of mm. saw that anxiety is sort of the root of uh, the issue right now. Yeah. Um, anxiety, worry, fear. It's like this, this, it's just, it becomes pervasive. It becomes this thing that just, and then the stories and the ideas, you know, they, they kind of are on that level, right? So you, it's hard mm. to kind of, when someone's in a, a panic state, um, it's hard to have like a kind of a rational, logical conversation. Yeah. Or, you know, right? yeah. so it's like, can we, can we get people relaxed and then we can kind of discuss, you know, other things as well. Um, but then I see this, this other thing that's happening where it's like you have people that are, and I'm actually writing something about this right now. You have people that are really afraid or really angry or really in a state of rage. And there's this kind of righteousness with it. Like, mm -hmm. well, if you're not angry and if you're not afraid, then you don't care. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, but I, I don't see it that way. I see like if you actually really, really care truly, then you would find a way to transcend that fear and transcend that anger and transcend that rage because you're, you're, you're projecting all this toxic energy out to everybody else mm -hmm. that you encounter and that you interact with in some kind of notion of righteousness, mm -hmm. you know, or being woke or whatever. So it's, it's like, it's like, if you're feeling afraid, there's, I have compassion for you. Um, but also try to get through it, try to get like, have some empowerment to get out of that situation. It doesn't mean that you, you're the one who's got it figured out because you're freaked out, you know, or you're because you're angry, you know? So I think that like, yes, it's, it's understandable to be angry and be afraid. And there's a way to not be angry and be afraid and seek what that is and search for that is. And then you benefit all the people you, you're around every day, you know, your family and the people you're connected to and the people you work with and be a beacon of light for yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, totally agree <laughs> with you. But you know, the thing is, and we'll definitely have to talk about your course because that'd be wonderful. Um, make that available to folks who are watching this. But the reason humanity is in, in what I'm going to call the, the mess that we're in right now, mm -hmm. and it is a mess because we have an opportunity to clean up some things. The reason we're in the mess that we're in is because we have bought into this idea of fear. We haven't unpacked our anxiety for, for yeah. thousands and thousands of years. And we have systematically believed that we are not as powerful as we are. And now, granted, there are two ways that we have to look at this. One is, well, we are, we are pure consciousness choosing to have a human experience. Divine beings that chose to be here. Nobody is here that is not by choice. So at the level of consciousness, we are pretty freaking powerful that we chose to be here right now. So we've got to tap into that power. Then on the other side, is those who were here before we got here that didn't remember us that we have that power to tap into taught us that we didn't have any power. Power came to us from the job, from the partner, from the boss, from the government, from the, you know, the, the vaccine, something outside. Something external. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is precisely what you and I talked about in the beginning. Yeah. We were waking up from that idea that we, it, the outside is what we needed to control. 
because in essence, it was controlling us. So here we are, anybody who's experiencing anxiety and fear, I'm going to talk to you right now. You're in a perfect position to get curious about why that's happening. Because if you get curious about why am I anxious, why am I fearful, instead of lashing out to those things that you're anxious or fear about, or you think that they're the cause of it, you would empower yourself because fear is just on the other side of your power. It's actually the wall that the, the, the to me, fear is, is the edge that you give yourself permission to go to. And when you have an opportunity to go beyond that, fear is that alarm that says, well, you don't know what's on the other side. But it's on the other side, it's everything you want. Because if you were happy with what is inside your box, you wouldn't have fear. But because you're not happy with what's in your box, it's an invitation to go beyond it. How do you, um, let me see, what is Danny saying here? Uh, what can our role be outside of our own self-realization? Can you give some personal examples? Okay, Brian, what? I don't fully understand that. Yeah, I'm question. not sure either. What can our role be outside of our own self-realization? Danny, do you mean like in, how do we show up in the, in the world? So yeah, give us a little. I mean, one thing, one thing that's good to recognize is that we all, it's all, we all have a unique role to play. Right. And that's really that's really important to realize is like, you know, um, my role won't be exactly the same as your role won't be exactly the same as this person's role or that person's role. We all have our, our unique gifts and, and, and talents and expressions to share. And that's what's so beautiful about life, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's so much of it is not trying to be a copycat, right? Not trying to like be like somebody else or do it the way somebody else does it. Do it the way you do it. And how how do I do it? It's like that's that's the question right because i don't know how i do it until i can tap into my own authenticity you know and really just be that open channel for the unique expression my unique personality to move through and that's what's so beautiful you can have people that all have awakened you can have 10 people that have awakened to um, self-realization and the, and if they truly have there'll be 10 very unique personalities and expressions of it how Absolutely. Yes, Isabel, I like your question. You know, when fear shows up, what, what are we not trusting? That kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier on. Mr. John, I'm not sure what you mean by forgetting. Yes. Are we, should we forget about all of this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brian, tell us a little bit more about you and your work since we're getting to the top of the hour and what, what do you love to do and why do you do what you do? Time is just flying when we're having fun. I know. Um, and we don't yes. have to end right at one hour. We, I, I definitely oh, okay. have more time, but overtime because it's so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I work as a, a personal life coach. So I work with people personally. I do do some online, um, courses. Um, I have a group that meets Wednesdays where we do a guided meditation and have some Q and a, a private Facebook group actually. Um, not so much personal events these days, but in-person events these days, but we'll get those going again. That's my vision. Um, and some writing, I have a, have a blog. And um, I think that it's the foundation is recognizing who we really are, how to express it in the world. Um, and those two components. So there's, there's this um, kind of what you could call this, the, the inner or the spiritual of recognizing the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, thanks, Danny. 
And then there's um, how to express it in the world, which, so we've been kind of touching on both of those things, yeah. you know, but like, how does it affect, and this maybe goes into Danny's question, like, how does it affect your physical health and what you're eating and you're exercising and how does it affect your mental state and your emotional state and your family and your relationships and your finances and your work and, you know, all these components that are the, the kind of the, the practical things of life, um, you know, kind of seeing the, the, the circuit of energy between all of this, you know, everything is interrelated, interconnected and recognizing and realizing and supporting people in that. Yeah. Oh, John is saying that the, the other role um, outside of realization is forgetting, dude, you're late. We already said that <laughs> at the beginning of the conversation. This is all about forgetting. <laughs> That's our sweet brother, John. Our sweet brother. Hi, John. Yeah. Um, so people can find you what at, at uh, thebigglow.com. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's your website. Yeah. And of course, here through Facebook, just send him a friend request. Um, so for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, thebigglow.com is exactly that, the, T-H-E, big, B-I-G, glow, G-L-O-W.com, thebigglow.com. Um, so go there and you'll have everything listed on your website. So mm -hmm. easy for people to find if you're, yes. And if you're on, and there's a newsletter too, you can sign up for, and if you're on Facebook, um, I have a, a Facebook group called a public group called the big glow community, which has been getting a lot of engagement right now and over 7,000 members. And you'll, you know, one of the things I love, I love it, not just being about me, but people meeting, connecting with each other too. So there's, there's an opportunity to connect with just great people from around the world who are on this path together. Yeah, that, that is so exciting. Um, so let, let's talk about right now what's going on. What are your suggestions in, in how maybe people should be perceiving what's happening that, mm. that would bring them a little bit more, more empowerment? You know what I want to say is, to have the freedom to perceive it how you want, right? That, that, that is like, that's the ultimate place to be, you know, and, and, and to recognize that that potential is there. So again, to like be able to, be able to write the story and know you have the potential to write the story, how you want to write it. So, you know, we, we, can, we can experience whatever is coming at us in a way that is a catalyst for our awakening, you know, just, yeah. just, just as the foundation of it. John says, it's awesome to see you two powerhouses together. That's right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know him because of you. So thank you. Yeah, likewise. That's, true. That's yes. true. But yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting that word power keeps coming up. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's, that's important. Um, and it ties into your question. And like we've made, I, I remember growing up and, and like power was a bad thing. And I think for most people, they still have that idea of like, if, oh, yeah. you, you want power? That's, that's, you shouldn't want power as power, you know? And yeah. again, make a distinction between wanting to control and power, not the same thing, actually the opposite of each other. Like you know? power versus force. Yeah. Power. Yeah. David, David Hawkins, power versus yeah. force. Yeah. That was a great book actually. Yeah. Um, power versus force, power versus control. It's not the same thing. So this is not about trying to control the people. It's actually when you step into your own empowerment, you don't need to try to control the people. Yeah. anymore right yeah. so that, i think that's an important thing is like to to access the power that's within you and it's the same power that moves through the trees and moves through 
you know, the, the plants and the animals and the stars and the moon and the sun, like that power is the power that moves through us. And it's, it's, it's the most, it's the power, it's the power, you know, it's the Star Wars, right? The force, Yeah. the force be with you. And that's what that Christ consciousness is all about. And we're going to be seeing more and more messages that are uh, Christ consciousness type messages, because bottom line, we have a human that we have as an example who achieved that level of, of enlightenment, that level of transcendence to the point that he was not limited by his body. He knew he was not his body. So the crucifixion was not something that he resisted or was afraid was, of or afraid of because yeah. he was letting the world know that once you can, you connect to your power, the power to contribute. Absolutely. Once you connect to your power, you become uncontrollable by, by anything. You will <laughs> not be that. controlled by the government. You will not be controlled by, uh, illnesses you will not be controlled by anything by fear by anxiety because every single one of us is the same consciousness we just through our thoughts direct and dictate what we experience what this consciousness what this point of awareness gets to experience you know the consciousness that that is jesus is the consciousness that is brian that is me that is the ants that is the leaves that is the blades of grass a blade of grass is the consciousness that wants to just be that. We humans are, have the ability through free will to be able to morph, to change, to become whatever it is that we want to become. Our power is not limited to just being a blade of grass, which there's nothing wrong with being a blade of grass. <laughs> Some days I would like to just be a blade of grass. But we have the ability to shift and change and morph our thought system and you know what? That's how our realities would change. We're only where we are today because we have agreed that this is all that we can do as a humanity. And we are coming to the limit of such a limited way of thinking. And we are basically at the point that we, we can bust out of this, well, call it an illusion, this idea that this is all that we are because... If we tap into that power, we could heal our bodies. We could, you know, rejuvenate. We could end you know, corruption. If we accepted how powerful we are, we would not accept what's happening to us. Yeah. Yeah. Love what, love what you're sharing. Love that we become uncontrollable. I love that, that way you phrase that. And also um, to just bring it home, because I don't think we really said it directly yet, to recognize and realize that you're not the body, you know? That that's not the that's not all you are. That's a reflection of who, what you are in the moment, and take care of your body for sure. But it's not who we really are, and that is what really lets lets go of the fear. If you yeah. still think that you're just the body, you're always going to have this fear. Um, and, and I and I guess to answer your question before that, that's what I hope people awaken to right now. It's like all this fear, and it's like this something will just push them to recognize that like I'm not the body. You know, yeah. the body is just a vehicle I'm expressing myself through, and then. There's and that's what Jesus' message was. That's what the message yeah. was. And then there's nothing to fear. Exactly. You know, there's nothing to fear anymore. Exactly. That's that's the whole point of the resurrection. One of the the lessons in a course of miracles that is stated many many times in many many different uh, ways. Well, the same thing in many different places is I am not a body, for I am free because I am still as God created me. 
And when you recognize I'm not a body, I am free. That is, boy, that. That's that the game changer. Freedom, <laughs> freedom, freedom. I came to that realization when my son, my youngest son was doing drugs and we went through a, a four year drug adventure. And that's when I was hearing, you know, the consciousness of Jesus basically telling me how to deal with him. And, and all of all of the guidance was don't focus on his body. Do not focus on his body. And I was like, what if he dies? What if he overdoses? And I was being told he will not die. The body might, but the essence of who he is will not die. And I'm trying to do, you know, drug intervention. And, and I'm being told, no, you're doing spiritual intervention. You remind that, that young man that he is not his body. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to have the death experience, he can kill himself. That's okay. But we're not going to be mourning here, you know, while he's still alive, you're not going to be sitting around here in fear and mourning that he might die. You need to understand that what is eternal about him, if you call that forward, there'll be no reason for him to need to kill himself. Because once you recognize what you are, who wants to check out? Um, so it was, that's a whole nother conversation. But um leave folks with just last nuggets of wisdom. Last nugget that comes through for me is so much, I think is what driving what's driving people right now. If you really look at it is a fear of dying, you know, and that's what there's so much with the coronavirus and all these things is this, this, this fear of dying. And um, my intention is that we recognize who we really are. And we, we, we see this idea, this idea, it all is an idea of death as a catalyst to awaken who we really are. And we don't fear death. Um, and, you know, people are dying alone right now. They can't even be with people because of these coronavirus rules and things. Um, it's just, you know, the way we're approaching death to really shift that to just be a beautiful time of transition, you know, and, and it's not, it's just kind of like changing rooms. It's not, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's something to embrace. It's something that we're, you know, all of us are just have these bodies temporarily. So to kind of like be in a culture where we act like we shouldn't die is, is really distort is a major distortion. It's very strange actually. Yeah, um, it, it is so, strange. So let's have a culture where we embrace death and celebrate it and appreciate people. And then we appreciate people so much more while they're, while they're in the body that we, we see them in, you know, we, we can have such gratitude and appreciation for the moments we get to see with them and, and, um, have a whole different relationship to death, which will make a whole different relationship to life. Cause you know, cause yeah. the last thing I want to say is like, it's like, yes, we're afraid of death, but on a deeper level to what you pointed out, we're really afraid of life. We're really afraid of living. Right. And they go together. They do go together <laughs> yeah. because if we lost our fear of death. Our bodies would become so healthy that we would never need to take a vitamin. We would never need to take a vaccine. We would not be able to be controlled with pandemics and things like that if we truly, truly knew our eternalness. Because the only reason fear can be instilled in anybody is because you're afraid of losing what you value most. And if you believe that your body is your access to life, you're as good as dead because now you are totally scarable and controllable. And I don't know if scarable is a word, but um, <laughs> I just made it up. It is now. <laughs> it is now. But if we really truly knew the truth of who we are, there is no virus that could uh, hurt you or affect you because the purity of your thinking would ensure your absolute well-being. There would be no distortion yeah. in your field if you really understood that. 
um, those without some form of belief are, are struggling the most. Exactly, Melissa. You know, uh, Brian, we're going to have to schedule a, a part. <laughs> one, one, one last thing is that yes. I remember this, 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 I remember the reading this, and it brought you brought tears in my eyes when I was reading the Bible. This was back in the day. And there's this point where Jesus dies, but the apostles are still out there and they're, and they're killing them. You know, yeah. they're like, if you, if you preach the word of Jesus, we'll, we'll kill you. So I forget which one it was, but one of the, one of the apostles, he, they said, we're going to, you know, this is your last warning. You know, you've stopped. Say, it's talking about the stuff where you're going to be you're going to be killed and assassinated, and he said, "You can kill my body, but you cannot kill my spirit." Yeah, yeah, and he I was, love and that. he was free, you know, totally, and totally. So they, so they did end up killing his body, but they didn't kill his spirit. No, no, it's eternal. Once you, <laughs> yeah. once you, once you know you're eternal, nobody, nobody has control yeah. over you. Yeah. Um, well, this was so much fun, and I want to invite people to come back next week. Uh, I've got Rebecca. Uh, Kirsten, and we're going to talk about Akashic records and tapping into that. And she's amazing. And if you'll go to my website, lineorlando.com and register for the soul's journey, it's a free explanation of how your mind from the moment of conception, your mind is conditioned to believe that you're less than you are three phases of, of uh, basically getting programmed and indoctrinated into thinking you're just a human. And then it takes you through the three phases to uh, unlearn that and to return yourself to the, the truth of who you are and reclaim your power so that you cannot be controlled. Brian, this was so much fun. Thank you. We, we have to get another one on the calendar. Thank you, you know. so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. All right, everybody, you guys uh, take care out there. And remember, you really are magnificent. Even if you don't believe it, you still are. Bye-bye.